0: You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good day to you. Today, we're going to be looking at the gospel gets results despite opposition. The gospel gets results despite opposition. Today, on Words of Encouragement. Again, this week, a title title, Escaped me. I I, I just I don't know. The gospel gets results despite opposition. Ooh, big creative title there. But I hope that uh, I hope that through this sermon, as I pray for everyone uh, that I share with you, is that God speaks. Uh, I know when His Word is proclaimed, He speaks, and so I know that's what happens. I pray that I have, uh, in some way been a part of helping that to happen have you ever been part of planning an event how many of you have helped plan an event at some point in your life yeah uh, all of us kind of have at some point planning some kind of event it's a laborious thing to do and yet when it works it is a glorious thing of which to be a part uh, it, it, it's always good when you plan something and it just goes smoothly Sometimes that doesn't happen, does it? (laughs) Sometimes you plan the best you can. You do your hard work and all that. And something happens at the last minute. A caterer doesn't show up. Somehow somebody who was supposed to bring something forgot. uh, Or they didn't do it. They don't show up themselves. It's like, oh no. Sometimes when we are not in on the planning, but are enjoying the planning of others... We don't have a clue as to the sacrifice that they went to to make the event happen. Have you ever just gone to an event and enjoyed it? You're like, oh, you had no planning part in it whatsoever. You just were supposed to show up. And you went through the event and you thought, wow, look at the attention to detail. Look at this. Wow, look at that. Boy, this is so nice. And you just enjoyed it. And you didn't think about all that went into it. With the gospel... With the message of the gospel, we share it, and we just sit back and watch God work. We are to simply share the, the gospel message, the planning and the, the work that was needed to, that, that needed to occur for the gospel to be able to even work at all was done on a cross over 2,000 years ago. The work has already been done. And all we do is share the gospel. And and that's all we have to do. We just share the gospel. The power of the gospel, the power of God, the supernatural power of God is behind that gospel. And all we do is share. We don't have to work to make and try to convince people that it's true. First of all, it is true. Second, the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks to the heart of the one who is hearing the message of the gospel. And so God is at work. God is doing the work. All we do is share the message. Paul and Barnabas knew this already and were probably very expectant as they entered into Iconium. Now, they're moving from Antioch to Iconium, so they're moving to Iconium. What a joy to see the gospel at work in the lives of so many. There are times, as you know, when the gospel is shared and we see immediate results we share the gospel and, oh my goodness, somebody gets it. They're like, you know what? I need this Jesus. Tell me more. What do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do? And so there are times when the, in, an immediate thing happens. You know, we see results immediately. Then there are times when the unseen results of God occur and we do not know what's happening. Notice I said the unseen things of God occur because something is happening. Amen? When the gospel is shared, something is happening. We may not see it with our eyes, but something is happening. God is at work. But rest assured of that fact. When the gospel is shared, the Holy Spirit is at work, and He is supernaturally communicating with that person. There is a supernatural and divine communication that is happening. It's happening. So today, I want us to look, uh, I want us to see God is wor- at work as the gospel is shared. If you're able and can stand uh, in honor of the reading of the Word of God, we're looking at verse number 3 from Acts chapter 14. The Bible says, "...therefore they spent a long time there, speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord." who was testifying to the word of His grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. May God bless the reading of His word, and may He open our minds and hearts this morning to receive what He is giving to us. I want to invite you to be seated this morning. So they leave Antioch, Paul and Barnabas. They had kind of a Interesting experience there, if you remember, but they make the ninety-mile trip east to Iconium. Now, Iconium is now known as uh, as Konya. So they make this trip. You can see where Pisidian Antioch is, and you can see where Iconium is, uh, and you're able to see what's how far they travel. There, ninety miles, ninety-mile trip. Now. We, we look at this, and we say, oh, well, look, they made a trip. You know, they, they went to Iconium, because that's what the Bible says they went. You know, it's like, oh, so, you know, so, so and so, you know, you, you decided you, you went to Alaska y- yesterday. I mean, you know, you, we look at it, and they, oh, yeah, they went to, oh. no, no, we don't. When we look at, when we know someone who says, oh, well, we were just in Alaska last week, we think, oh, man, that was a good ways up there. That was a long trip. Why is it when we read in the Bible that that they went to our... It's probably because we don't know where these places are. Probably because we're not biblically literate, geographically literate when it comes to these cities. And so uh, I am not one of those. In fact, uh, let me tell you a very quick story. Uh, A fellow pastor bought a Bible atlas, a brand new Bible atlas that just was released. I guess it was last year, I think. And he said, man, this is a great atlas. What a wonderful atlas it is. It's got a lot of information in it. It's really, really good. And I said, oh, well, you know, I barely passed uh, that biblical backgrounds class in seminary. uh, So uh, it wouldn't hurt if I got one of those atlases. Okay. So I, I bought one, too. It was on sale. I thought, hey, this is great. I'm going to get me one. Okay, I get it. I get the book. The book comes in the mail. I open it up. I look through it. It's amazing, packed full of all this information, some of it looking vaguely familiar from when I took it in seminary. And I'm like, boy, this is, uh, this is amazing. I decided to see who wrote the book. Guess, the professor I took in seminary. He came to haunt me. I mean, he came back, and he's like, you know, you are going to learn this no matter what. I thought, oh, my goodness, of all things. There it was, Dr. Briscoe. I thought, oh, man, I can't believe it. And he, he, was, he just believed that you needed to know where every one of these cities was. And it does help. For instances like this, Bible doesn't tell us how far they traveled. Bible just says they went to Iconium. Okay, they went to Iconium. Like going to Croville, right? No, no. This is a 90-mile trip. This was a good bit. I mean, this is not a trip by car either. So there they went. They went to this place in I, called Iconium. Uh, and it says, as they did in Antioch, so that also, they also did in Iconium. So what, what's going on? They spoke. Uh, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together, it says, and spoke in such a manner that a large number of people believed both of Jews and of Greeks. So they go to Iconium, and they go to the synagogue, just like they did in Antioch. Luke says a large number of people believed. He points out that there were not just Jews who believed, but also some Greeks that were there, some Greeks who had been going to synagogue, and that that was accepted, it was okay. Uh, They allowed them to come, and they heard this message as well. Uh, But let's, let's back up a little. Luke says a large number of people believed. Here again, the success of the gospel message. Here again, a large number of people are believing. They hear it and they believe. It's shared and it gets results. You don't get results if you don't share the gospel. You've got to share the gospel in order to get results. Paul and Barnabas knew this already, probably, as I said before, very expectant that they would see something happen. They'd seen God move in Antioch, They had confidence that this gospel message works. I mean, they had it before they went to Antioch. But they get to see something happening. God at work in Antioch. And now here it is happening again in Iconium. Uh, And so here's some results of the sharing of the gospel. Communication happens through divine communication when the gospel is shared. You may think, well, I'm just sharing. Look, preacher, all I'm doing is saying, look. God loves you. Look, He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you. Now, why did He do that? Because the Bible tells us we're all sinful people. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. We don't deserve to be praised by God because we have sinned. We're not even close to being like Him because of our sin. But Jesus died on that cross in our place. He took the punishment that we deserve for our sins upon himself. The Bible says our sins were laid upon him. And he died and was buried three days later, rose from the grave. He's alive and sits at the right hand of the Father. And through that process, through what happened on the cross, he provided for you forgiveness of sins. He provided for you the way to be in heaven forever with God. And you're saying, well, you just share that message. What's so big deal about that? It's because of the supernatural power of God that's behind it. It's because it's God's message. It's not your little story that you came up with. It's God's message, the message of the gospel. When the gospel is shared, positive results follow." Positive results follow when the gospel message is shared. The second thing we see is the gospel meets opposition. It seems like this is repeating over and over. Brother Craig, why is that? Because it's life. It's life. And this is what's happening in this time when Paul and Barnabas are sharing the gospel. They met opposition. It happens today. We share the gospel. We meet opposition. It's part of living in a fallen world. Look at verse 2. But the Jews who disbelieved, there it is, stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. What do you know? What does this teach us? It teaches us that sharing the gospel is easy to share, to speak this gospel. You just share it. It's not that hard to share. But when we do, the devil is always going to be against it. He's never going to be for it. You're never going to come across the devil and him say, Oh, yes, this is the right thing to do. No, he's going to be that little voice either in someone else or in your head saying, Oh, this is not true. This is not true. Why are you, why are you even wasting these people's time with this gospel message? Why are you even talking about God? This stuff, people don't want to hear this. That's his voice that you're hearing. It's not God's, but it's his. And he's always going to be against the work of God. He will always have someone who will publicly oppose it to your face sometimes, even. Notice, these are the Jews who disbelieved, who stirred up, who incited the minds of the Gentiles. Instead of ignoring them, now look at that, instead of ignoring Paul and Barnabas, instead of just saying, oh, it's not true what they're saying, these people are going to realize that. They're not going to listen to it No, instead of ignoring them, they got upset about it and they took action against them. Again, think about this. If their own people left all of the rules of Judaism and followed Jesus, the number of Jews who were still waiting for the Messiah to come would dwindle. And nobody wants to see people leave their own religion. Nobody wants to say, you know, nobody, nobody, even, well, look what happens in cults. They will track you down and bring you back. They will bring you back in the fold. Or they will disfellowship you altogether and never speak to you ever again. That's what happens in a cult. But any religion, any true religion, hates to see people leave the fold. And so these Jews, they're upset. They don't want to see that happen. Their belief system is important, as it should be to all of us, our our belief system but not to the extent that we harm those who disagree with us. You don't go that far. I'm sorry. Just because someone disagrees with the the Baptists, you know, just because somebody disagrees with you as a Baptist believer, as a Christian who identifies as Baptist, just because somebody disagrees with you, oh, no, that doesn't give you license to hurt them. That doesn't give you license to kill them, to threaten them. No, no, no. That's not how that works, at least with Christianity. That's not how it should work. And yet, here are these Jews. They're like, oh, no, we're not going to lose more of our folks. This is not good. We're going to do something about this. We're going to get some Gentiles riled up, and we're going to get them embittered, uh, having bitter thoughts against Paul and Barnabas. So, they got these Gentiles resentful and angry at Paul and Barnabas. So, what do we see here? What we see here is that when the gospel is shared, opposition follows. Not only do positive results come from sharing the gospel, there's also some opposition that comes. And I'm telling you this so you know and that you are aware so that when it does come, you're not shocked. Well, somebody couldn't, they just didn't like that I was talking to somebody about Jesus. They just got all upset about it. Yeah, yeah. Look, go way back into Bible times, and it happened there too. People, human nature does not change very much at all. There's selfishness out there. It's always going to be there until we get to heaven. (laughs) It's going to be here. Uh, People, you know, people who don't like a certain kind of person, they're going to be here. It's just part of the world we live in, which is a fallen world. This is not heaven. You know, I remind you of that this morning. This is not heaven. I don't, I guess I don't really need to say anything, do I? I think we all know that. But know that we're going to face opposition. When we share the gospel. Well, the third thing, the gospel is explained a little more. Look at this, look at verse 3. Therefore, okay, because the Jews stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and bitter them against the brethren, therefore they spent a long time there, speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord, who was testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. Paul and Barnabas said, okay, look, <laughs> if y'all are going to be all upset, let us explain this a little more. Let us be as clear as we can be. Let us keep telling you about this Jesus. Let us, let us get real specific here. Notice it does not say that they got angry. It doesn't say, look, you say, well, they spoke boldly. Speaking boldly doesn't mean you're angry. I used to think that when I was little and we had a guest preacher come in and he was, as they say, a (laughs) hollerer, a hollerer preacher. I used to think, my goodness, he's mad at all of us. Why is he so mad? No, he's just a little loud. (laughs) He's speaking boldly and he's speaking forcefully, but he's not mad at us. But, you know, you get that impression that, wow, he's yelling. When I was at home growing up, when mom and daddy's voice got a little louder, it meant they were upset. And so we've kind of been trained that way as children. Uh, maybe a teacher yells, you know, in the classroom, and you're like, oh. you know. And so when you hear a preacher get louder, it's like, oh, boy, maybe he's angry. Well, that's not what's happening here. Paul and Barnabas aren't angry. They're speaking boldly, though. And they take a long time, it says, sharing with them. But notice also, they did it with reliance upon the Lord. They were leaning on the Lord as they shared. They weren't loose cannons. They weren't just, oh, you people need to, y'all need to listen to us. I can't believe you're not listening. No, they, they weren't loose cannons. They were relying on the Lord, dear God. What should I say? How do I say this to them? How, Lord God, give me the words to share with these people. Help me to help them to understand. Father, through your Holy Spirit, help them to understand. I do that. I speak to the Lord when I'm talking to someone. Dear God, give me the words. Help me to say. Help me to listen to what they're saying. Help me to be able to know what to say next. Help me, Lord. I ask for guidance as to... What words to use. Because words have meaning. And if you use a wrong word, they may take something totally different from how you were trying to explain it. So God, give me the right words to say. Notice what's happening as Paul and Barnabas are speaking. Luke says, the Lord was testifying to the word of His grace. Oh, this is so awesome. God is at work As Paul and Barnabas are speaking, God is saying to them, this is true. This is true. God is testifying, it says. He is testifying to the word of His grace. So, Paul and Barnabas are speaking. He's he's speaking to the spirits of those who are hearing, God is... And confirming in their spirits that what they are saying is true. So Paul and Barnabas speaking to the listeners ears. And as they do, God is speaking to their hearts. Isn't that just so cool? Isn't that awesome to know that God is working? God is speaking as you share the gospel. That's what's happening. You're like, oh, well, it's all up to me. It's just all up to me. If I say something wrong and get it all wrong, I'll mess it all up. No, no, no. When you start talking about what Jesus did in your life, you start talking about how you accepted him into your heart. You said, oh, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to be forgiven of my sins. Oh, God, I, I repent. I turn away from my sin. I want you to come in to forgive me. I want you to be in charge of my life. When you share that, Oh, there's a supernatural communication going on. And God is speaking to those people that are hearing. You're speaking to their ears and God speaks to their heart. God works through our sharing and confirms the truth of the gospel in their heart. Luke says that they were also able to do signs and wonders. What were those? It doesn't say. Were they able to do some healing? I think probably that was some of what was happening. Did they raise someone from the dead? Normally, they tell us when that happens. But they kind of just group it here together. It says, He granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands as proof that they were of God, showing that they were of the Lord. Further proof of the higher power of God at work here. When the gospel is shared, God is at work. God is at work. Why? Oh, I wish we could get that in our heads. that We, oh, we, we just share the message. We share the message. God is at work through that. He's doing something. He's always working. The last thing this morning. The gospel causes division and the dispersion of Paul and Barnabas. Look at verse 4. But the people of the city were divided. Oh, come on. (laughs) Oh, come on now. Okay, but the people of the city were divided and some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. Oh, that the gospel message would be that important today. That it would be so important to the Christians that they would be sharing it and that it would be so disturbing to those who are uh, opposed to it that they would actually be upset about the gospel message. Can you imagine Can you imagine? But today, you know, today people just say, well, I'm glad that Jesus stuff works for you. That's good. You found, what is it? You found your truth. You found the truth that works for you. Because you know that they're teaching out in our world, truth is relevant. It's relative. There's my word. It's like a relative. No, it's relative. It's whatever you want it to be. If if it's true for you that's great. Yay, I'm glad that works. People don't seem to care. It's like what is the deal? I'm re- I'm reading a book, I'm trying to get through it. Um Apatheism is the name of the book, and it's to the point where people just don't care. They don't care about Jesus. You want to share with them? Well, I, I, I'm glad that works for you. That's great. I, I don't need God. I mean, I'm okay. I've got a good job. I mean, you know, I'm making it okay. Wow, you don't need God. What? Wow. It takes a different approach to talk to people who just don't care. Just don't care about Jesus anymore. There's no real need for Him in my life. But everyone needs Everyone needs Jesus to lean on, but they need something, and they'll find something, and it'll work for them, I guess, for a little while, but it won't work eternally. Have you seen the coexist bumper sticker? That offended me when I first saw it. It's trying to, it's trying to be a good idea. It's, it's trying to take all the religions and put them in, you know, together on the same level, and, and it spells out coexist, and it's like the different symbols of the major religions. The problem is, it coexists. the T is the cross, and the T represents Christianity. And the problem with that is, it puts them all on the same level. They're all equal. No, they're not. They're not all equal. That's the problem. They throw it all in there and say, oh, well, it's just all equal. No, the cross is above all religions. It is the relationship with Christ. It is not a set of rules to live by. This is not a rule book that we have. This is a a letter from God Himself to those whom He loves and and those whom He is calling to come and be a part of His work. This is a love letter to His people. This is not a rule book. Oh, well, you got to follow all the rules in order to be the right person. No, no, no. You follow Jesus. Christianity is about a relationship with a person, the person of Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what Christianity is about. And it is over and above every other religion you can ever think of. Oh, they, oh I'm not. Look, there are other religions that have some pretty good little value systems in them. I mean, be good, be kind, you know, all that kind of thing. But Christianity is about a relationship with Christ. It's about a a relationship with a living being. He's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. And he's real. And that's what Christianity is about. Luke says that some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. There was no in-between, according to Luke. They were divided. They were divided. They were divided. The city was divided over the gospel. They weren't divided over Paul and Barnabas. Understand that. It wasn't wasn't like, oh, well, Paul and Barnabas, you know, it's all over. No, they were divided over the gospel message. They were divided over the message that they were preaching. That's what they didn't like. Paul and Barnabas could have come into town, never said a word about Jesus. Everything would have been hunky-dory. No, they came in, and they talked about Christ. They came in, they shared the message of Jesus. And when they did, that message is what divided this city. They were divided over the message. Listen, if people are going to be divided over something, do not let it be over the way you shared the gospel. Do not let it be over you and your attitude. Let it be over the message of the gospel. Let that be it. If somebody's going to be offended, don't, don't let it be you they're offended at. Let it be the message you're sharing. Simply look, this is Jesus. This is about Jesus. This is what he did for you. This is what he did on the cross. He, he, and he came back to life after being in the grave three days. I mean, look, this is what happened. Somebody gets, wants to get offended over that, let them get offended over that. But don't let it be because you got mad. Oh, well, it's the truth. It's right there in the Bible. Why can't you get it? Whoa. Don't let them be divided because of how you share and how you live your life. You point to Christ in all that you do and all that you say. I point to Christ in all that I do and all that I say. I try every day to do that. But don't let people get upset over you, but let it be the message of the gospel. Look at verse 5. And when an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat and to stone them... Oh, man... This is getting bad. Uh, these people were so upset over the message of the gospel that they hatched a plan to mistreat them and stone them. People can really get worked up about this gospel message. This is amazing. they really it just really bugs them and r- rubs them the wrong way. You know to me, I'm thinking, why don't y'all just ignore it? Just ignore it. if you don't like it, just ignore it i mean i, I mean I, isn't that what Christians have to do with sin in this world? We just, you know, we, that we see happening? It's what we've done. We've kind of ignored it. We've allowed it to happen. We've watched people do it. And we've just said, well, you know, ouch, ouch. But why don't these people just ignore this gospel message? They get all worked up over it at this point. All worked up over this. They want to they hurt Paul and Barnabas. They're, I mean, they're driven to actually killing them, attempting to kill the messenger. The, the message is there. Look, you got the message out there floating around. you got believers who've accepted it, and they're like, wait a minute. If we can just stop Paul and Barnabas, maybe we can shut this whole gospel thing down. Oh, no, 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 you can't stop it. <laughs> There's no way to stop it. It's out there. Paul and Barnabas have already shared it in Antioch. They've shared it there in Iconium. People have accepted it and said, Look, Jesus is the way. He's the Messiah. He's the one. He, he has provided forgiveness of sins for me. And they're going to tell people. And there's no way to shut it down, there's just not a way to stop it. And Paul and Barnabas are going to, you can get rid of them, but it's, the message is out there. Look at verse 6. They became aware of it, Paul and Barnabas, and they fled to the of, cities uh, of Lycaonia. Lico- Lystra and Derby and the surrounding region. Paul and Barnabas, they hear about the plan. They they go to some surrounding cities. Do you think they decided to just kind of lay low? (laughs) What would you do? (laughs) Hey, look. Whoa, they were trying to kill us. We're just going to go hide out in some cities for a little while. And then maybe we'll kind of slowly start getting back at this that we're supposed to be doing. You think they cooled it? You think they took a break from sharing the gospel because threats were made on their lives? Look at verse 7. And there they continued to preach the gospel. <laughs> you couldn't stop them. They were just going to do it. It didn't matter. The message of the gospel was so important. It needed to be out there. It, th- there was a huge need for it to be out there, for people to hear it, for people to have an opportunity to accept Christ or reject Him. That they, they needed to be confronted with the message of the gospel. And Paul and Barnabas knew this, that they, it just didn't matter. Yeah, we got threatened. You know, yeah, they were going to stone us and kill us, but you know, hey, we're here now. Um, Let me tell you about Jesus. (laughs) Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me share with you the best news you can ever hear in your life. So they continued to preach the gospel. Nothing could stop them. They, they had seen what the gospel could do, and there's no way. Once you see it happen, once you see God at work, you just want to see Him at work more and more and more. You just don't want Him to stop. You just want Him to keep on, keep on, keep on. You know, yes, God, what do I need to do next? How do I need to... Who do I need to talk to now? Oh, let's just see you at work. Oh, what, how exciting. So they just can't stop. In this day of canceling all that offends someone or a certain group, there is is no, no canceling of the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ will never be canceled. God always has a remnant of people. He always has at least a few who are not going to stop, who are not going to shut their mouths, but who are going to continue to share the good news, the life-changing news of the gospel. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And no government, no movement, no group, no special interest group can shut down the gospel. We share the truth and we share it in love. And we're out there among people. And we're slowly influencing them. We're slowly moving, moving them along toward Christ. Every time we encounter someone, how you doing? Hey, did you find a church to go to? You check back with them. You move along. You move them toward Jesus. You tell them the gospel message. You share with them what Jesus did in your life. Can I do that? Can I share that with you? Let's, let me tell you about it. I'm not going to take a long time. Look, you respect who they are. You respect their time. And you share Jesus. Paul and Barnabas. Wow. They just kept on sharing. When the gospel is shared, positive results will follow. When the gospel is shared, negative results, opposition follows. When the gospel is shared, God is at work. He's at work. Divinely communicating with those who are hearing. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you for joining us today on Words of Encouragement. As we talked about sharing the gospel. It's so important that we as Christians continue to share the message of Jesus. People still need to hear the message of Jesus. They have to have that opportunity to hear the gospel, allow the Spirit of God to work in their hearts, to confirm in their hearts that this is the truth, and then to make a decision to follow Jesus or to reject Him people need to have that experience. They need to have that opportunity. I do hope and pray that you are sharing the gospel in some way every day. Some way you are sharing the good news of Jesus. You know, one of the best ways, or actually not the best way, but one of the ways that is maybe an easier way is to have some gospel tracts, to have a gospel tract. It simply is a just a little pamphlet explains the gospel. You can talk through that with someone, walk through it with someone, or you can leave that for someone, and they can read it themselves. I want to suggest that maybe you get a hold of some that uh, are entitled, The Steps to Peace with God. Uh, They're put out by the Billy Graham Association, and and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, the BGEA, And you can get those uh, by going to their site, uh, just kind of looking up Billy Graham. That's all the address you need, even on the Internet. And you will be able to find uh, where you can order some of those. I think they're probably sold in Ruth's Attic Bookstore at their site. Uh, Either way, you can find those. And I suggest you use those. Walk with someone through that Bible tract or just leave it somewhere where someone can read it. Of course, the best way is to talk with someone face-to-face, where you can gauge the reaction, you can see that, uh, yes, you can talk more about this subject of the gospel with them, or if they're shutting you down, you can just leave that tract with them. Uh, but we need to be sharing the gospel, especially in today's world. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana.